Welcome back to Life in Bites podcast, the place where you learn, get inspiration, find motivation and get ready to live a life lived better. Here we talk about holistic lifestyle, which means physical health, emotional balance and stress management, mental health and mindset, relationships, soul and spirituality, money and career. I'm Cristina Popescu, the host of Life in Bites podcast. I'm a wife, mother of three, holistic coach and stress management strategist. My goal is to help you free yourself for the need of being perfect and instead embrace life one bite at a time in just the right amount so you can enjoy, live, rest and love the way you choose. I have with me today a dear friend, Fred Stover, a father, pastor and veteran from the US Army. After he retired from the Army, suffering from PTSD, he tried to commit suicide several times. Fortunately, he survived, got saved by God, and became a Christian. He moved to Romania as a missionary. He started Pregnancy Crisis Center and saved lives of many, many babies. He still lives in Romania, and he seems to love it. Our goal is to give you hope in case you battle mental health issues like stress, depression, anxiety, PTSD, or if you think or plan to commit suicide. Our only goal is to give you hope and let you know that you are not alone. Do you know someone who suffers? send them this podcast. It may be the very thing that saved their life. And when we say that, as survivors, we know that sometimes it takes one click or one person to save someone's life. And help us to know you listen by subscribing, leave a comment and a review. And we are looking forward to meet you in the comment section. So let's begin. So where are you coming from? Who are you? But that's a question everybody asks themselves or should ask them. Because with that, you can tell a lot about someone. One right. of my favorite movies is being American is Forrest Gump because there's so much great one-liners from it and uh, when you ask questions like that that's the first thing that pops in my head is something like uh, what movie would that question be from and stuff like that. And Forrest Gump said you can tell a lot about the kind of shoes someone wears, where they've been, what they've been through, things like that. Like you with your running tennis shoes, always running from everything, or trying to run to something. I'm trying to run for something. Most of the time, end up running from something. That's yeah. true. In my opinion, you're always running from something. And usually it's our past. Yes, that's also true. So, who am I? What kind of shoes are you wearing? Did you change the shoes on the way? Of course. Life's like a bunch, and like an onion, has lots of layers. If you ask me, I would say I'm just a normal person because when you live with something for so long, it just seems normal and uh, the pain seems normal. I used to have a, a really bad stomach. I couldn't eat chocolate or drink a soda, anything like that. So I went years and years and years without a soda or chocolate and uh, to me it just became normal that my stomach hurt all the time. And then one day, a doctor gave me some medicine for my stomach. And I could actually eat a Snickers bar and not be in horrible pain afterward. That was really amazing to me because I'd lived with the pain for so long. And then something so easy came along and now I can take delight in simple pleasures. A lot of time our uh, pain in our heart from the past it's a lot like that. We've lived with it for so long, it just becomes us. 
and we become it and we stop feeling the pain. Well, the pain's always there and you always feel it, but it's just normal. It's just you. It's who you've become. We all hope for some day that we would be able to find that magic pill that would allow you to eat that Snickers bar and enjoy it, you know, just like everybody else. Me and my mother and my father owned a gas station and a little restaurant and everything at one time. So I would see people coming in and buying candy bars all the time. And they wouldn't enjoy them and they wouldn't think anything about it. But for me, eating a Snickers bar only meant pain. And uh, so I wouldn't do it. And uh, in natural, there's a lot of things in our lives are like that. Like love. That can be so painful. For a lot of people and maybe even myself, love means pain. And so we don't want to... We don't want to buy it. We don't want to take it because it just means pain. We see people every day taking it and enjoying it, and it doesn't bring them pain. And we want so much to have that, but, you know. And it's even packed so nice, and when you know you cannot have it, or when you know that that, like love in this case, it's painful, you just keep running. Mm-hmm. And... And if you if have... Even if you have someone to love you, mm-hmm. it, at least in my case, even when I have people loving me, I just run away because I'm afraid that somehow that will hurt again. How did you get to the pain? The pain of the snicker bar or the pain of the love? The pain of everything. The pain of everything. Well, just like that Snickers bar, there's actually a way out. With the Snickers bar, it was a doctor giving me a pill. With love and things like that and pain, there's people, people to talk to, people that can relate, people that can help. I mean, the world's full of medical people and just normal people that want to help. And, uh, but for some reason, we don't like to reach out for help for that. It's easy to reach out for help when your leg hurt. yes. hurts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have to reach out, and that really pisses me off when I hear, well, if you are depressed and anxious, I used to say that too, just reach out for help. But when you are depressed and anxious, you cannot reach out. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, where are the people who are willing to listen to the pain without words and listen, willing <coughs> to listen to, just have the courage to look into the eye of someone and just know when the answer is, when we ask, how are you? And you mm-hmm. used to say, you, you say a lot, I'm fine. Well, that's fine. It's not always fine. And we are so used to be okay, to be fine, to be good, to be whatever. But actually, by the nuances that we have in the answer, it's not fine. Mm-hmm. And I wonder where are the people who are brave enough to listen to that fine, but behind it's, I'm not fine. I need help. Mm-hmm. Because that is the way how we reach out to people, right? Mm-hmm. And if people say, okay, then we stay with the pain. Yes, but uh, like I was saying, you know, there's all kinds of medical help and everything else, like you were saying. And uh, we tend not to reach out for that unless we're just forced. Mm-hmm. Because the people that are usually doing it are usually fine, <laughs> you know? And... Uh, so we just feel like they don't, well, 
I do anyways, I feel like, well, you just can't relate. You don't understand. It's interesting, that feeling. And right? uh, that's where uh, you and I clicked so well because you can relate. Even though our stressors and difficulties are in different areas and from different things. In all, different parts of the world. In different parts of the world, but so it all boils different. down to the same thing. And so you can relate. I can relate. And that's a big thing. And that's what I mean, you know. If we can just find that one person or group or whatever they can relate. I would go to the VA, the military hospital in Oklahoma, and I would get with groups. And it was, uh, I really enjoyed it because they knew what I'd been through and they understood what I'd been through. But I really never felt any healing coming from it. I only felt, because being a Christian maybe even more to my healing. My healing has to be spiritual and everything else. The healing has to be complete, not mm -hmm. just physical or mental or emotional, spiritual. It has to come together. And that is sometimes when people ask me what I'm, what I'm doing for a living, and I say holistic coach, they're like, huh? That is holistic. That we, we just pay attention to ourselves, like, complete. Mm -hmm. And how do you think that healing is coming? Slow. <laughs> yeah, that, that's for sure. So, for the people who listen, if you think that the healing will come just one day, like a pill for the stomach, well, that's not true. So, low, going the with the expectations high, it just hurts us more. When it comes to mental and emotional healing and spiritual healing, that takes time. It does. You know, you... You're never going to be, I believe, I'm never going to be like some people, you know. Uh, like we would never been hurt? Right, or what, the, what we think is normal people. <laughs> define normal first. Ex well, there's no way to define normal, but exactly. we have this view in our, I'm trying, not, I'm trying to quit grouping, talking in groups. And more of myself. <laughs> yes, you do talk in groups. Yeah. Even say thank you in Romanian in plural. Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have this ideal in my head about what a normal person is and what a normal person, how a normal person lives and how a normal person shares love and everything else. And, and honestly, it's probably a uh, distorted view. It's definitely a distorted view because that's the point when love and life is packed so nice especially mm -hmm. on social media i really have a problem with social media i'm on social media but i have a problem with we humans tend to pack everything perfect to hide our imperfection and mm -hmm. then when you know yourself and i i know myself i'm broken like big time broken and yesterday i read your message requirement from a woman for a podcast, for a real podcast mm -hmm. and real everything, there is no real things anymore because we are so afraid to be broken. Mm -hmm. And the world is made by broken people. Everything is broken because we live on the other side of the heaven and everything is broken because of the sin and mm -hmm. sin broke us. Some of us, some of us get more broken than others. <laughs> That's true. But I don't think that it's a normal person in this side of the heaven. It's just broken in different ways or broken more and healed wrong mm -hmm. 
but I don't think that it's a besides of babies, we didn't have time to get broke yet. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's a unbroken person. Some of us will learn how to live beautiful out of it. Some of us we still bleed, and some of us we bleed and live beautiful, and that's also okay. And I dream to a world when we can just go out and say I'm not okay, and answer when when somebody asks us how are you, just say I'm not okay, or I don't know, and we are str- we would be strong enough to say okay what's wrong I'm listening, because I was. One thing that really, really hurt me, and maybe be quiet, and you know, for me it's hard to be quiet. But when it comes, I can speak a lot and say nothing important. I mean, nothing of who I am. I remember a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, when I was depressed, there was a lady who would ask me all the time, how are you? So I went over the trust issues that I have, and I said, no, I'm not okay. Do you want to listen? And after a while, she was just angry one day when she asked me how I am, and I said, I'm struggling yet. She was, you are such a soft egg. What is wrong with you? And then I realized that people don't want to hear broken. So in my opinion, if you don't want to listen, don't ask. If you ask me how I am, I will say I'm not okay. You have a lot of chances to hear that. And then if you cannot take it, ask me something else. So I dream for a world when we can ask how are you and listen to I'm not okay, mm-hmm. I messed up, or whatever it is, because life, it's a mess. Everywhere we turn, it's, it's just a different kind of mess. Mm-hmm. So how did you get in a point to get pain? What is your bit of story? When did you get <laughs> got so broken? What, when your brain just learned that mental pain is normal? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, was lots it in the childhood? Was it as teenager? Was it as adult? Well, you said something about VA. Mm-hmm. How did you get there? Well, I was in the, I was in the army, so now I'm considered a veteran. Mm-hmm. And uh, VA is an acronym for Veterans Administration, which is the government department of the government to take care of. The in, veterans. In America. Okay. In America. Tell us a, lo- a, bit, a little bit of who you are. You are Fred and you are an American. Yes. <laughs> Who know that? Well, <clears throat> since I grew up on a small farm in Oklahoma, I really think even though my mom and dad were divorced and everything for a short period, a short period being, I really don't remember how long, but maybe four or five years. I don't remember. Maybe not even that long. Maybe only about three years. I really lived a, what I consider to be a sheltered life, a naive life. Spent all my life, small town, working on the farm and everything. So when I graduated high school and went straight into the army. Why army? Well, because in America, brought up on a small town, you tend to watch John Wayne movies and things like that. And yeah, it's just... Uh, It's what I always wanted to be, was a soldier. And it's funny because I have, I've always talked to God ever since I was a young, a young child. Some of my earliest memories are sitting in the yard or sitting in the tree or sitting somewhere just talking to God. And we, we would always just, me and God would always just talk like first person, just, you know, I didn't know God 
any other way than just as a friend. And uh, I don't remember if I told you not, but I was sitting in a in my favorite tree one time, just talking to God, just talking to God, and uh, and uh, I asked God because I already knew what my life was going to be. I was going to be a soldier, a hero, and uh, I said, "Well, God, what am I going to be?" Now you have to remember, this is already after my mom and dad got back together and got married again, and uh, to each other, and I'd already been through Catholic school. The only faith and faith, the only churches I had been to is a Lutheran church at that time, mm-hmm. and then I went straight to Catholic school. That so, does a change. Yeah, well, somewhat. Lutheran's pretty, uh, yeah, but it, it's so that was my background, and then on to Catholic school. So I'm sitting in the tree and I ask God, well, God, what am I going to do for a living when I get older? And clear as bell, God said, well, you're going to be a going to be a preacher, you're going to be a pastor. And I came back to God. The first thing popped in my head was the Catholic priest. And I was like, mm, no, that's <laughs> not going to work. I am not going to be a preacher. <laughs> and As long as I, as far as I know you, that would be no way, I think. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, no, that's not going to work. And it's so <laughs> sad because... I immediately jumped out of that tree and turned around and walked off. I was like, nope, that's it. Bye. See you later. I'm going to be in the Army. going to be a soldier. Talk to you later. And uh, I still prayed after that, and I still talked to God, just not as often, because we weren't going to talk about that being a pastor again. And uh, so I went in the Army and uh, did the whole Army thing for a long time. And in that... I really learned how to be cold-hearted, is the expression we use in America. I learned not to feel in such a way that I could turn it on and off a little bit, the feelings and the emotions. I could definitely turn it off to just where I was like a piece of furniture or something. I just felt nothing, absolutely nothing. I know that feeling. Now... We have our friends in the military, guys that you're with for long periods of time, guys that love you, guys that, you know, that's really the only love I can say that I truly knew and could receive because we related to each other. And you know, know they will die for you if they have to. Yeah, very easily and very willing. And uh, Do you think that it, it is unconditional love? To die for someone? Mm-hmm. Mm. Or it's more, I don't know, bodies or... Well, in the military like that, it's truly a... Uh, it's just an unconditional love. It's just, I'm going to love you even though you're messed up as I am. Maybe you're messed up more than I am. Uh, I don't judge you. It's really what we've talked about with helping others, which mm-hmm. is I relate to you. I understand you. I don't judge you. Because I'm just like you. If I judge you, I'm judging myself. And yeah, there's there's no need to judge. You know, I mean, for us, we didn't judge each other because you know, love doesn't judge. Yeah, well, you don't make any contest out of how broken you are. Exactly. You just, are you broke, more broken than me or not? You, you, just re- you never do that. Receive the love. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, you, it's a love you wish you would have or be able to give. To someone 
like when I got married. I really wish I could have loved the same way or give love the same way. But the only way I knew to give love was not the way that my wife could receive love. She didn't receive love the same way I was used to giving it. And I told her when we first got married that, uh, yeah, my biggest fear is that I turn you into someone basically like me. Someone Would that be a, a and, bad thing? Someone who's mean and untrust not untrusting, but yeah, just not be able to show love and yeah. And uh I did I did change her. I did change her from the person that was so joyful at the beginning and so full of love for everyone to someone that was miserable and someone who eventually felt like they weren't loved and for her that was a horrible life no longer be able to share love with other people and share joy with other people especially your spouse and uh, so she went and found someone that she could share that love with and share that joy and happiness with and be able to smile throughout life and have joy and happiness and that is a man who was cheated on yeah how did you get here from not feeling nothing to defending your wife that cheated on you because because from that point of army not feeling nothing mm -hmm. to what you just say now it's such a huge difference what happened in between i got saved tell us about it. Hmm. that's a long story i told you my testimony about getting saved about god coming the uh, cliff note story of it is which is the short story is that god well it's amazing because like i said i've always spoke to god mm -hmm. even when i was in the army and i turned my back from god when i first got my first divorce i prayed and prayed they gave me a month off after i got first divorce and i sat at home and drank and cried and everything else because yeah i was losing everything again and uh uh you know my son and my wife and i prayed i sat there and i would pray with my beer and my Jack Daniels. <laughs> That's an interesting combination of praying beer and, uh, and Jack Daniels. Oh yeah, sitting there talking to God. Well, you know, <laughs> God's a good God. You know, he'll. Yes, he is. He listens even when we are drunk in the yeah, pain. <laughs> of course, I mean, Jesus went to the sinners, you know. And, yeah, true. Uh, so I was, I sat there and I just prayed and prayed that God would bring us back together, and I would ask for a sign because you know I was, for me it was just. A normal thing that God would talk to you and uh, of course God was talking to me and he was he was saying that yeah it's, it's just he was sad with it you know I mean God God doesn't like to see us hurt and he was just saying yeah no she's not coming back and uh, and I remember telling God I said okay if you're not going to help me now I'm turning my back on you and walking away and you did and I did I even went so far as saying that I didn't believe in God anymore. Now this is what I would say. In actuality, you you just can't stop believing. There's yeah, too many true. things. Yeah. So it's just there. Once you know about God, it will be always there in the back of your head. Right. Even drunk. Yeah. And using drugs and going to war and everything. So I turned my back on God 
got hurt again in the military. They gave me a medical discharge, let me out, and I moved to the mountains and lived in the mountains. You ran in the mountains, that would be there. Well, I was homeless, and I figured if you're going to be homeless, you might as well be homeless in the woods in Washington State, and where you look like you're not homeless. <laughs> so I, and I had always, yeah, for me, uh, outlet from all the pain and everything was always throwing my backpack on, tying my boots up, and running up and down Tiger Mountain, literally running up and down it, and uh, and staying in the mountains. So it was just natural that I would head to the mountains. That's where I would find peace and solitude and aloneness because I was all alone. So I went up the mountains and just lived in the mountains, would hike from one mountain to the next and everything else. Got to uh, hike up, climb Mount Rainier and everything. And uh, just lived in the mountains until it got so much snow and cold that I couldn't live anymore and moved back home to my parents for a short period. And uh, life got worse. I started drinking more, started blacking out more started hurting myself more because I'd tried suicide so many times and it never worked. God always saved me. Yes, he did. So In a big way. About that, time a, about that time, a group called Creed came out with a song called My Own Prison. And uh, the lyrics go, I cry out to God to get on with his decision and that the guy knows that he created his own prison. The video actually shows a guy in a little cage and uh, so I could relate to it so well. You know, I knew I created this prison that I'm in from the decisions I made, which is so bad because before that I had blamed God for my broken marriage and everything else. Don't we do that all the time? We do. And that's one of the world's worst things to do. We, yeah, true. So I blamed God and I told God. I literally would picture myself shaking my fist at God and telling God, you know, like that song said, get on with your decision. I know I'm guilty of my sins. I know I'm guilty of everything. You either fix me and heal me, or you let me die. And you, I sang He that wouldn't for let a week. you die too, right? He kept bringing you back. I kept singing that to him for a week. And then I had that dream where I was going to hell. And the devil wanted me really bad to go with him. And I cried out to God in that dream to save me, to help me. And as I told you, you know, he immediately cast lots of demons out of me that night or early morning. And I was immediately healed of alcoholism and drugs, immediately healed. And you never turned back to alcohol no. and drugs? Well, I just, I had no desire of it. And also, it was a great gift from God. And I wasn't going to throw it back in his face. Yeah. He blessed me with an awesome gift that I'd been trying for many years to shake and couldn't and he also took away all my bad dreams that would be from post-traumatic stress disorder yep. uh, it's a really a powerful and bad thing for veterans are the dreams uh, I would wake up with burnt and cold and bloody hands from trashing around and kicking and fighting and everything else panic attacks from dreams uh, you know there would be I would hate to want, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd hate to want the dreams where there would be explosions or something and they would just consume you, the fire and stuff. So anyways, God totally got rid of those that night or morning. I don't remember what time it was, but uh, he got, you know, and I told you, 
that when God cast all this stuff out of me, right uh, on the other side where I was sleeping because my bed was right beside the window. I always like to sleep by the window and get the nice breeze and fresh air. There was so much evil outside my window. So much evil. I mean, so much evil. You know, I told you the other day I don't get scared. <laughs> there was so much evil outside my window that came out of me that I was, there was no way. And it was like it, it was like it was calling me to open up the window. And I don't know if just to see it, but I had the feeling that it wanted me to open up the window, just the curtains, because the window was already open. Open up the window just so it could come back in. Yeah. And it was it was scary. I turned on. We had a TV channel in America that played Christian music at night, so I turned it on that channel, and immediately started praying again. I mean, I don't uh, I don't know if I'd say I was immediately saved or not, but. Uh, I knew that God existed, and I knew that I needed God, and I knew that, yeah, that there was just lots of uh, evil out there. And I went and saw a friend of mine. Well, he wasn't a friend of mine then, but a man led me to Christ the next day and told me to read the book of James. And that was the beginning of my uh, Christianity. And what I remember the most of Christianity was the love. Or you might say of God, of Jesus, you know. What I remember the most and what I received the most was this love. Because it's an unconditional love. And you could feel it this yes. time. Yes, yes, And that's a big thing. It's such an overpowering thing. It's, it's just, I, I'd never felt that love before. You know, I'd felt love from girlfriends and things like that and but strippers and, you know. Even wife and son. And even wife and son, yeah. But it's a different love. It's a... It's just such an unconditional love that loves you just as you are, just who you are. At the moment in that life that you're in, it, it just loves you for who you are. And for someone who cannot feel, who couldn't feel love or pain or anything, just mm -hmm. anything, to feel that overwhelming love, this is the point when, you know, your story is like a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. it's, it's something that usually we hear from Christians and it's like, well, right. You just mm -hmm. made up that. But knowing, living with post-traumatic stress disorder and knowing that feeling it's a thing, mm -hmm. it's something that doesn't happen all the time. And for you to be able to feel that love, for me that right there is the proof that that's God. Mm -hmm. Because for someone to cross that stone heart and let you feel that mm -hmm. love, not know that love, because you know it's a difference between feeling and knowing, mm -hmm. that's the power. And that's there is the point when I believe. Well, there was a period, you know, God's such a great God and such an awesome God. So he gave me this period of time of just so much full of love and everything else. But there comes a point in time, because I told God, I said, God, if I can just share your love with people, that's it. You know, that's, that's what I want to do. I want Back other to that people. tree of preaching. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, if I can just get people to know about this love and I think I'm really was thinking you know people like me you know if I can just help them to know this love so people always say be careful what you ask from God no, he might you, give it to you. you have to be careful because he might give it to you and then yeah. you might run away yeah <laughs> I did that seven years ago and so he gave me this awesome period of time of Truly just love, joy, and happiness, and everything else, and uh, everything went away. All that 
post-traumatic stress, everything. It all was away. And I had just a great time of uh, learning and growing with God. You might say a training period. But then things started to change. My training period, as I call it, started to change. And some of the old things started coming back. So it was like, for me, I was like, okay, hmm, what's going on here? Am I losing my touch with God? Am I going farther away from God and everything? But no, God was like, okay, I'm going to start working on these things. <laughs> and, uh, and here we go. Yeah. How that what? Once you start working on these things. It's messy. It's messy. And uh, it really, yeah, it's really messy because I just went through this period in time for of a few years of not dealing with it, not having to deal with these things. I mean, they just weren't in my life anymore. And so I struggled. I'm like, okay, God, why, why is this stuff coming back? Why is it kicking back in my head? Why do I have to deal with this stuff? I mean, it was already dealt with. You took care of it. Can't you just... Take it away and let me be. Yeah, can't you just take it away again and everything else? Thank you for being with us today. Don't forget to hit the share button and share this episode with your friends. Subscribe to be the first one who get to hear the next episode. And if you listen to my website, I'm waiting you on Life Invites community. Let your email address there so you can be updated with the latest tips on how to be healthy in a holistic way from body to mind, soul and relationships. And go in the description below, look at the contact information and connect. We are looking to see you again in the next episode of Life Invites podcast. Mm -hmm.